This is the Arc of Change with Donzel Leggett, a podcast from the Anti-Racism Commitment Coalition, an organization dedicated to eradicating racism and hate and spreading anti-racism. Listen as Donzel talks about the relevant topics that will inspire you and help build your capability to take action and change the world. Because none of us are doing enough as long as racism still exists. And now, here's your host, Donzel Leggett. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Season 3 of The Arc of Change with Donzel Leggett. In this episode, I welcome Arc member Tracy Leggett to the show as we pay tribute to International Holocaust Remembrance Day by reminding us all that never again means never forget and that it is as important now more than ever to stand up, speak out, and take action against anti-Semitism to achieve our vision of building a world free of racism, bigotry, and hate. Now let's get started with our show. So I am Donzel Leggett, host of the Arc of Change podcast and founder of the Anti-Racism Commitment Coalition, or ARC. Our vision at ARC is to build a racism-free world. And our mission is to provide inspiration, education, and support for you to transform, practice, and spread anti-racism. This begins with our three-step process of personally transforming to anti-racism. First, erasing your ignorance about racism and hate. Second, educating yourself about anti-racism. And third, building the character and confidence to stand up, speak out, and take action to spread anti-racism and anti-hate and make positive change happen. Once again, welcome back to season three of the Arc of Change. This is our second episode, and it's a special episode honoring International Holocaust Remembrance Day on January 27th. Now, this day was established by the United Nations in 2005 as a memorial day to commemorate the victims of the Nazi Germany Holocaust in which over 6 million people, the vast majority being Jews, but remember there were countless other members of other minority groups included as well, that were murdered between 1933 and 1945 in an attempt to implement what the Nazis called their final solution, which meant the extermination of the Jewish people and other undesirables in their mind. January 27th was chosen because it was the day that the Auschwitz concentration camp was liberated by the Red Army. The point of the day, in my view, is to remember those who were murdered. To never forget what happened to them, how it happened, why it happened, and to ensure that it will never, ever happen again. Fascism, anti-Semitism, and genocide. We must never forget for it to never happen again. It's a day, in my view, for all of us to reflect as a society, but also to reflect personally. 
to never forget so that this never happens again. How often do you really think about the Holocaust? Especially if you're not Jewish. If you're not Jewish, how often do you think about the Holocaust? My guess is not often. But I think about it. I think about it because I haven't forgotten those three factors that characterize it, that I mentioned earlier. Genocide, racism, and anti-Semitism. But I see troubling evidence that others are forgetting. I think about the fact that we have had other genocides happen since the Holocaust. Yes, smaller in scale, maybe. Isolated to certain parts of the world, maybe. But genocide attempts nonetheless. And others continuing to be contemplated. More commonplace and becoming more and more frighteningly mainstream is the resurgence of nationalists and fascist beliefs and the rise of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is on the rise and not only in the United States, but across Europe and other parts of the world. And it's not just the crazy neo-Nazis you would envision or the skinheads. It's a U.S. president refusing to denounce Nazi saluting tiki torch marching terrorists chanting you meaning jews will not replace us it's united states representatives promoting conspiracy theories that the united states government is under immense threat from deep state unscrupulous organizations run by rich jews who want to either take over the country or destroy it it's talk show hosts who have millions of listeners claiming on air that Jews are the enemy to be feared. It's popular pro athletes sharing anti Semitic media on their social media accounts. It's famous musicians saying that Jews should forgive Hitler. It's some members of a major political party claiming that the Holocaust is a hoax. It didn't happen. Denying the murder of six million people, denying history, and trying to rewrite it. All this makes me so very troubled and concerned and angry. What are we doing? For this to never happen again, we must never forget by allowing this trash, this insanity to be mainstreamed. We are desensitizing ourselves to the horror and dehumanization of what the Holocaust was. This is why we all need to truly reflect, individually reflect on the Holocaust. And remember, never again, never forget. Let me tell you about my reflection and my remembrance of the Holocaust. I first remember becoming aware of the Holocaust when maybe I was around seven or eight years old. I just remember seeing images of it and, and hearing kind of about it 
um, I remember seeing scenes of kind of these bulldozers moving things and um, hearing just some things about Jews and Nazis, but it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, the only place I saw Nazis when I was growing up was those hapless comedic guards and commandants on Hogan's Heroes. And they seem harmless, like idiots. So it wasn't until I was about 11 or 12 when it really hit me what I was seeing. That the Nazis were not what I saw on Hogan's Heroes. They were truly evil people. Evil people capable of doing inhuman things. Because I became aware at that time that those things that I thought maybe were logs or debris, building sort of uh, uh, waste from bombs, that those bulldozers on those black and white films were moving, that they were actually people. The bodies of people. That the faces and the forms that they show close up, these were not mannequins. These were murdered people. That the people who actually had survived, that they showed walking around. But they looked like they weighed like 50 pounds. I thought they were not real people. I thought it was some sort of a, a film or movie sort of special effect. But I learned that they were real people. That had been starved and worked to death and mistreated. I remember thinking to myself back then... How could this be possible? How could this have happened? How could one human being do something like this to other human beings on such a massive scale? I remember thinking about, I'm African-American. Hey, I remember the, learning about the horrors of slavery and how bad that was, but it wasn't captured on video. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was reenacted in movies. And I remember watching Roots and I got angry. When I saw the way black people were treated, but it wasn't to the same level of horror and inhuman uh, feeling that I got from really watching what the Holocaust was all about. It made me feel shame of humanity, but it was still more of a reflection from a societal standpoint about humanity at large. It wasn't as much a personal view of really understanding never again, never forget. That didn't come to my mind. I was just horrified. It really wasn't until the last five years where I really got the true personal reflection that I have to be a part of never again, never forget. And there were four key experiences that helped crystallize that for me over the last five years. Five years ago, I had the fortune, the good fortune, and the absolute pleasure of meeting Ms. Judith Meisel. Ms. Judith Meisel was an incredible woman. I got to meet her. She was in her 90s by, the by that time. She was a concentration camp survivor, and she spoke at an event that I helped organize. And she told the story 
of being in the line headed to the gas chambers. She was a little girl, maybe five years old. And her mother begged one of the Nazi guards to please take her daughter out of the line. And she didn't appeal to his humanity. She basically told him that she's still young. She's still strong. She can still do work for you. She still has value to you. Please take her out of the line so that you can use her more. The guard listened and took little Judith out of the line. And Judith remembers thinking to herself that this is the last time I will ever see my mother. And it was because her mother was led into the gas chambers to be murdered. Judith eventually had the good fortune that it wasn't too much long after that, that the Allied forces came and liberated the concentration camp in which she was being held captive. And she was saved. And she vowed never again, never forget. She explained how she took that with her when she eventually settled in the United States and she was living in a Midwestern suburb in the 1960s. And a white mob of her neighbors was protesting angrily and violently in front of the house of the first black family to move into that neighborhood. And she broke through that mob and took a fresh baked apple pie to that family. She hugged them in front of the entire mob and she sat there with them in their living room to show everyone that she will never let it happen again and she will never forget. And I remember at the end of her speech, it was question and answer. And someone asked her, does she blame Hitler and the Nazis for what they did to her mother, for what they did to her family, what they did to her? And she said, I don't blame Hitler. I blame the world because the world sat back and let this happen. From 1933 to 1945, 12 years, never again, never forget. The second experience is when I got to visit Germany four years ago with my good friend and ARC member, Tommy Fung. And we decided to go to the documentation center. The documentation center is the scene of some of Hitler's biggest propaganda speeches and videos. And going there was such a strange and odd feeling. We were able to stand right in the spot at the top of this amphitheater, amphitheater where Hitler would give his big propaganda speeches and look, we would look, we were able to look down where the, where the people were sitting in stage, where they would have been, where the, the army would have marched by. I mean, I'm sure you've seen all of these propaganda videos. We were there. It was such a strange, foreboding feeling to be there where Hitler stood, to stand where he stood, where he would be denouncing innocent people brainwashing the masses of Germans. We then went inside the museum and saw displays illustrating how Hitler came to power, how he began his campaign 
to take over Europe to build his fascist empire and how he started the entire movement of building these concentration camps and ultimately implementing his final solution of trying to exterminate the Jews and other undesirables. And the messages that we saw after all these really, really strong, powerful, negative sorts of images, many places we saw it. And on the talking tour that we had of the recordings, we heard it. Never again, never forget. And the third experience, last April, 2022, when I interviewed my good friend and ARC member, German national, Carolyn Druna, for episode three of season two of this podcast. And she described her childhood, her childhood school years, and she talked about, you know, the part of it, the part of school in Germany that's the most emotional, the most difficult, the most impactful was every year when they covered the Holocaust. And they would take the children to the concentration camps to face what happened. And she said they got into every detail. She said it was hard. It was tough. It was emotional. We were crying. And this started, she says, from as early as she can remember. So early, early, young in elementary school, all the way through to graduation from high school. She said it was the toughest thing, but the very best thing that they could have gone through. Very important and integral to continue to remind the German people from childhood through to adulthood what happened what they did, what the German people did, what they're capable, were capable of doing. And that it's most important for them never, ever, ever to forget what happened, to get into the details of it, to face the ugliness of it, so that it never happens again. And then in October of 2022 was my fourth experience that really shaped my thoughts and my reflection on the Holocaust. And it was when my wife Tracy and I visited the National Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. for the first time. Tracy will join me on our next segment so that we can share with you the depth of our experience and reflection of what never again and never forget means to us. Visit us at joinarcc.org. Follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And like us on Facebook. Welcome back to the Ark of Change. And as promised, we're now joined by fellow Ark member, community organizer and activist, and last but not least, my wife, Tracy Leggett. Tracy, welcome to the Ark of Change. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, especially for this important episode. Thanks, Trace. Again, I greatly appreciate you being here. I know you're not just doing this because you're my wife. I know you're passionate about this topic. But let's get started by having you tell the audience a little bit about yourself. 
Um, well, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm a wife and a mother. I'm a community activist and an organizer. Uh, Donzo and I raised four kids into adulthood, and they were all caring adults, engaged in the world around them. Uh, we're very proud of them, all four of them. I've spent the last 25 years engaging in the communities in which we live, with the majority of that time uh, here in Minnesota, in the United States. Uh, I spent a good decade or a bit more of that time leading parent involvement initiatives and planning events within our public schools. And with that experience and network over the last six years, jumped into fighting for issues that are of utmost importance, such as gun violence prevention, upholding our democracy, and standing against racism, alongside working hard to get the right candidates elected to office that uphold those same values. And it was during that time, I also had the honor of managing two state-level campaigns here in Minnesota. I love making connections and activating people to take action. I'm an advocate of public education and for our teachers. And if I have free time, I love spending it outdoors, enjoying nature, walking, bird watching, you know, exercising, uh, traveling as much as you know we can, and as well as genealogy research of my family tree, as well as Donzel's, which he knows all about. So thank you for having me. Well, Trace, you're my wife, but I just learned a little bit more about you. You do a lot, a lot of stuff, especially in the community. And I know people in the community in which we live are also appreciative of the hard work that you put in. As you know, January 27th is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. What are some of your earliest thoughts or experiences, reflections related to the Holocaust? Um, well, of course, we learned about the Holocaust in school um, in a somewhat more general sense. Um, and, you know, I was seeing the rise of hate, racism, xenophobia, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia rising up even more so in our country and around the world over the last eight years. Um, I really started feeling even more of a sense of urgency to pay attention, get involved and be vigilant. Um, so I've been trying to learn as much as I can. And, you know, that was one reason I was grateful to be able to visit this museum. Um, you know, the Holocaust is something we all know is horrific. Um, but I really, I don't really think you can grasp it until you really start learning more and actually visiting the museum and, and just learning. Well, speaking of the museum, you and I had the, really the, the honor and privilege of visiting the United States National Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Uh, in, in 2022. Um, I know it impacted me tremendously. Can you describe your feelings of visiting the museum? how it impacted you, how it maybe changed your reflection or thoughts about the Holocaust? Um, a lot of, I have many recollections and, and, you know, I can't go through all of them here. Uh, I guess overarching emotions, um, you know, that I started feeling pretty early on um, as we started to go through all the displays and, and, and just read and learn and, and, you know, see the images um, you know, first of all, when you walk in, um, it's a very solemn environment. You feel it. You feel the heaviness of where what we're about to learn about. Um, so that was kind of, you know, some of the emotions that were starting. But then, you know, once we started working through it, um, ragey anger. I was just so angry. Um, deep sadness. And then, you know, a, fe a feeling of solemn duty to pay attention 
learn and do my part to prevent this from ever happening again. Um, you know, something else that, you know, many ways to influence people when you're trying to make change is from stories. So uh, this exhibit had tons of stories of all the people from all walks of life, you know, just living their lives, raising their families, um, you know, just tons of stories, the photos. Um, there was one specific exhibit, I believe it's called the Tower of Faces. I just looked it up. It's um, it's this big tower in one part of the museum of a shtetl, which is, you know, a Jewish community. Uh, this one happened to be um, highlighting this community out of Lithuania. And the photos displayed there were from probably 1890 to 1941 of, you know, people of all walks of life, what they were doing in this town. Um, and, you know, on September 21st, 1941, everyone in the town was rounded up and the majority of them were murdered. Uh, the only way they uh, had these photographs, I believe, was that one of the the daughters of the local photographer in town survived and she was able to track down as many of these photos as she could by reaching out to other survivors. Um, but it's it was so impactful. Um, they gave you little um, iPads and you could put them up to each each individual or the family and you learn more about them and what happened to them. Um, so that was very moving and gripping. Um, and then also, you know, alongside that were all the lost communities that were etched in glass um, and one hallway section of the museum, uh, thousands of communities that were either, you know, entirely or partially lost um, because of Hitler and the Holocaust and, um, you know, the murder of all these people in these communities. Um, it was just evil, sheer evil, uh, inhumane, the inhumanity of it, uh, it. It was just really overwhelming. Um, and, you know, those also that said nothing and didn't intervene or those that waited too long to intervene to really save, you know, um, as many people as they could. I think the majority of the people that of the Jews that died during the Holocaust died fairly early on. Um, so by the time, you know, the United States woke up, um, you know, mo most of those people were gone. Um, so that was very, um, you know, upsetting and, and made me really angry. Um, the fact that some of the things that were happening early on in the displays, uh, we're seeing here in our country right now. I mean, book bans, um, people fighting against, you know, accurate histories of our country here in the U.S. being taught in our schools. That's happening right now. Um, violence against political opponents. We're seeing a bit of that. Threats against, um, you know, our BIPOC communities, our immigrant communities, um, you know, propaganda. We're seeing that here. You know, in Nazi Germany, what that propaganda looked like was simplistic, emotional, and repetitive rhetoric. Um, so it's just, it's like a full circle thing where I, I really feel like, you know, we need to learn from the past and we need to make sure this will not be repeated. Um, and, you know, I just hope more and more people start to really pay attention to what's important. And uh, and this this was one of those moments at this museum. Yeah, you, you captured it so very well. Um, and the the idea of never forget, uh, you know, there are a couple other things that you that you didn't mention that really impacted me when I was in there and I talked earlier in the prayer segment a little bit about what my experiences were before over the last five years, I really learned in depth personally a little bit more about the, about the Holocaust. 
Um, but in, in there, beside the things you talked about, one of the things was the models of the concentration camps where they had sort of information that told you each stage, they walk you through what happened at those concentration yep. camps. You know, people arrived and their identities were stripped. Um, they had a number tattooed on their arm. They no longer were a person with a name or a number. Um, they had their belongings confiscated. They were forced into slavery. Many people don't know this, but they were forced into slavery. And basically, there were several ways they died. Certainly the end for many were the gas chambers, but many died being simply worked to death as slaves. Um, for, they, they slowly starved them. They would give them just enough food to, to be able to live one more day, to work a little bit more. But slowly but surely, some of them just starved to death. There was disease and parasites all throughout these camps. So several of them just died of, of disease as well. Um, and then, of course, those who made it through all of that, when they were no longer useful, were walked that final walk and, and taken to the, the gas chambers and told that they were going to take a shower for once. They were going to take a shower because they were going to a better place. And they would shave their hair and take all the hair they shaved and sell it to furniture companies, to stuff mattresses, or to wig companies yeah, to make was, wigs. That was shocking to me, shocking. that room, that display. That shit yes. was absolutely and shocking and sickening. Pile of shoes. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say the next one was the shoes. The, there are two walls of nothing but shoes um, that were in the in the museum. Just to remind you, their, their shoes were one of the last things they had taken from them. And it was just shoes upon shoes upon shoes to give you the idea of the magnitude and scope. And like Tracy said, this wall of faces, you end there. And it just is to remind you these were people, normal, everyday people. And they gave us each a card when we walked in of a, of a person that their identity card that told us who they were. I had Miksa Dutch and he um, was a guy that had a family. He was a guy that had a job. He was um, a good a person in the community. Unfortunately, he died in a concentration camp in 1947. And so that just made it feel so real um, of, of the horror that happened at these camps. So this idea of never again, never forget, we saw it in many places in the camp. Tracy, what does that mean to you? What does never, uh, never again, never forget what does that mean to you? Um, in one word, and they also said a lot of remember what you saw, because I bought a tote bag when we were there. Yeah, never forget, remember what you saw. Um, uh, it means to me duty. I mean, we all have a duty as human beings in the world, you know, of the society in which we all live. We're all interconnected. Uh, we need to learn and denounce and fight against these evil forces um, that plague us. Um, you know, any signs of fascism rising up against us, we need to speak out. Uh, we have to be vigilant. We have to take this very seriously. Uh, we also need to truly understand this genocide and the impact of the Holocaust. Uh, we need to stand against anti-Semitism is on the rise in our country. Again, you know, it, it's just it's um, you know, I just urge everyone to really learn and stay engaged. We can't just sit back and think this stuff will just go away unless we push against it and stand together. Um, you know, and aside from that, you know, some of the things you can do, if you can't visit the museum in person right now, 
You can go to their website. It's uh, ushmm.org. They have a really good website uh, with some of the displays we spoke about. They even have little um, mini podcasts, they have lectures. You can really learn a lot. You could share with your children, um, your family. Um, there's also a really great three-part series by Ken Burns. I was just watching this week. Uh, it was on PBS, and I believe it's available online, called The U.S. and the Holocaust. Um, there's another great, The Story of Fascism in Europe by Rick Steves, another great um, documentary. And then, you know, go back and listen to uh, season two, episode three, Donzel's podcast. He did, uh, it was called Angle of Merkel. Um, I can't remember the rest of it. The passionate it was the anti-racist. One with- Angela Merkel, the passionate yeah. anti-racist. Yes, because in that he speaks with uh, Caroline. Carolyn right? Did I say her name correctly? Carolyn Druna. Yes. Mm-hmm. Arc member. But she, she just spoke about, you know, in Germany, what they learn in, in school, they're required to learn. And, you know, just how important it is, because that is the only way we're going to prevent these types of things from happening again. Um, you know, here in our country, it seems like everybody's fighting over what can be taught or not be taught. They don't want accurate histories. Um, you know, we need to really educate each other, our children, you know, so we can be an educated society. And um, it's just, it's our duty to do all these things. It, we've all got to do this. Um, so that's kind of what I, I, I left with at the end of it. Um, and just remember, you know, we're all interconnected. We all need to stand up for one another. And it's our duty to, as Donzo says, stand up, speak out and take action. Wow, Tracy, I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I know I personally know how busy you are uh, with everything you have going on. Um, so to take time for this important podcast, I really appreciate it. And I just want to close by saying that at ARC, we believe in what Judith Meisel believed when she said one person can make a difference. Like when she took action to stand against racism and hate and she walked across the street through the angry mob and helped that first black family that moved into her white neighborhood like when she later became an activist who railed and protested and did everything she could to fight against racism, bigotry, and hate of any kind. Judy survived the Holocaust, but she never forgot the horror. She never forgot the hate. She never forgot the world's inaction that allowed it to happen. So my final message to you is to never forget the Holocaust. Never forget what happened. Never forget how it happened. Never forget why it happened. And never forget the victims, the people, and what happened to them. And never forget that we must all, as Tracy just said, stand up, speak out, and take action against anti-Semitism and all other forms of racism, bigotry, and hate to ensure it never happens again. Never again. Never forget. Visit us at joinarc.org to learn more about ARC. 
Donate to our cause and join the movement that will change the world. To find the Arc of Change podcast with Donzo Leggett and learn more about the Anti-Racism Commitment Coalition or ARC, please visit us at joinarc.org. You can also subscribe to the Arc of Change with Donzo Leggett on your favorite podcast hosting sites. I greatly look forward to our next episode, an opportunity to inspire you to become part of the movement that will change the world by eradicating racism once and for all. Until next time, stay safe and continue to ask yourself, am I doing enough? And remember that none of us are doing enough as long as racism and hate still exist. Thanks for listening and goodbye. The Arc of Change podcast with Donzel Leggett is brought to you by the Anti-Racism Commitment Coalition. To learn more about Arc, donate to our cause, and join the coalition, visit joinarcc.org. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share this podcast to help spread our mission to change the world by ending racism once and for all. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be inspired.